Life Audio. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? Or have you been in a season where it feels like He's completely silent? Have you been praying for a way to learn how to hear His voice more clearly? Hey friends, I'm Rachel, host of the Hearing Jesus Podcast. If you are ready to grow in your faith and to confidently step into your identity in Christ, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. And today we are talking about reading God's word to hear his voice. The primary way that we hear God's voice is through his word. And one of the ways that I help teach people to do that is through my Bible study that I wrote called She Hears Learning to Listen to Jesus. And so this episode is a little bit about why I wrote that book, the heart behind that book, and also one of the ways that we can listen to God's voice through his word. I pray this episode blesses you. I had been working in the local church and speaking. I had written another book called Go, and I had been traveling around the country and speaking to women, well, children's pastors, but that included a lot of women all over the country. And one of the things that I found echoed in a lot of the conversations I was having was this general sense that women felt like their voices were not being heard for whatever reason, whether that was the theological perspective of the church they were serving in or because of their position or lack of paid position on staff. There was just a lot of reasons. And there was also this other sense of how can I truly know that I'm hearing from God? How do I know it's not just my own voice, my own heart? And how can I tell the difference? And so I started just taking some notes because this was something that was echoed in my own life that I really, it's not so much that I struggled with it, but I recognized it. I would have something very clearly that the Lord would share with me or show or reveal through his word. And when I tried to share that in certain circles, it was not always well received. Sometimes it was, and sometimes it was received by my male counterparts in a way that just gave me validation and I allowed the Lord to kind of work through it. And in other circles, it just was kind of put the put the kibosh on it because I was a female and surely God wasn't speaking to females in that way. So what I realized was that we needed to go back to the scripture to see what Jesus had to say about all of this. And one of the things I think you've probably heard me say it before, if you've been listening for a while or you will hear it as we continue to talk about biblical content is we always have to be reading with two things in mind. Number one is the meta narrative of scripture. And so by meta narrative, I mean, what is the large picture? What is the big picture of the entirety of scripture when we look at the whole Bible and this storyline of who God is and who, what God wants to do in and through us, Old Testament, New Testament, all of it. I think there is a danger when we start cherry picking certain verses to prove our point instead of reading what God's point is and deriving our opinions and and things from that. And then the second thing is is reading through the lens of Jesus. And so there are elements because of our human condition that we are just not going to understand certain things in our human minds this side of heaven. That's the reality of it. However, we can get a really good idea of what things mean when we look through the lens of Christ. And so 
my thought on a lot of things is what does Jesus have to say about this? How did Jesus act? How did he respond? And what can we learn from his response? I had had a particularly hard conversation with somebody and I felt like I had been dismissed. God really had been burdening my heart for something and I tried to share it. And when I did, it was very evident that because I was female, they were not going to take it seriously. I realized that that not only hurt me, but it hurt them. You know, initially, of course, I was angry and I felt a little like dismissed, but ultimately that was something that God wanted to work on in them. And they were missing out on the blessing because they just dismissed me because I was female. And so I kind of started on this quest to just really examine in the Gospels what Jesus had to say about all of this. At the very beginning of this process, I was sitting in a moment of worship. I remember very clearly I was sitting. It was dark in the room. And I just felt very free to kind of just weep about this burden that I was having, not just for me, but for other women. And when that moment happened, I very clearly heard the Lord say, Rachel, you do hear me. That was life-changing for me because God was validating the fact that I could hear him with his own voice. So what that started in that process in that time, again, this was several years ago, was just my own personal Bible study for my own knowledge, just to kind of have something to fight back with when the enemy started whispering words of inadequacy and dismissiveness. There are oftentimes things that we can, especially as women, but I think everybody does this, we can get caught up with because of our own emotions. And sometimes what we have to do is realize that the word of God is more powerful than what we feel. We have to rely on what we know. And what we know is that God is good and God does good. She hears was kind of birthed out of that. The next year, now I had spent a whole year of study on this. The next year, I was on sabbatical at the staff that I was working on at the time. I had a three-week sabbatical and it was a busy time of year. It was Christmas time and it was kind of a surprise sabbatical. I didn't know it was coming. So I did not plan ahead as far as going somewhere or anything like that. But what I did do was start to kind of flesh out what this would look like. And I started really kind of praying about maybe perhaps I should start sharing some of this content with the world. And I didn't know what it looked like at that point. There was no blog. I did not have the She Hears blog yet. I, I had a network of women that I worked with and men that I feel like also need to hear this message. But I had a network of, of pastors that I was working with. And I thought, man, we need to be having this conversation. This was before the Me Too stuff happened. This was really, nobody was talking about this, especially in ministry spaces. And so I outlined how I would approach this if it were to be a book. I had I've written my previous book and I just kind of, I knew that that was going to be the first of, of many. And so I sent it to my publisher. And at the time, it was kind of like, okay, what what else do you have? And I don't think that was intentional on their part. I just don't think it was the right season for this book, for this project. They had, The publisher had been kind of going through a little bit of a transition with staffing and it just kind of fell. It didn't really go anywhere. And I just kind of took that as, okay, well, I wrote the proposal. It This must not be a book. Maybe this is a podcast or maybe this is a magazine article because I had been writing for some resource magazines or maybe this is curriculum or for women's ministry, those kinds of things. And then COVID happened. Hashtag me too happened. 
And my publisher then came back around and said, hey, how soon can you have this book written? And I thought, man, God, I'm so thankful for your timing because your timing is so much better than my timing. And as I was writing it, my publisher said, you know, we don't think this is a book. We think this is a Bible study. That's so ironic because my goal and my dream has always been to write Bible studies, but I figured it would happen by writing a couple nonfiction books and then gaining trust with the publisher and, and the the audience and eventually writing Bible studies after I've earned the trust of, of, of people. And so for this to be turned back around and say, hey, you know, we think this is actually a Bible study. I thought, oh my goodness, Lord, this is so amazing. So I spent the next portion of, I think it was probably March to August writing. What I set out to do is not necessarily what ended up happening. But I started with an outline of the women that I wanted to study and to share about. And how I thought things were going to go was not what God did. And I'm so glad that he is in control and we are not. I think, you know, sometimes when you're writing for Christian biblical content anyway, at least this has been my experience. And this is, I think, similar to preaching and teaching. We can prepare. We can do the research. We can do the study. We can spend all the time kind of planning and mapping things out. And then when when I start to write, I very clearly surrender that to the Lord and just say, okay, Lord, like this is your this is your book. And I often say, I'm just a scribe. I write down the last book I wrote down what God did. This time I wrote down what God said. My role becomes that of scribe where I'm just trying to communicate to you what God has communicated to me. And in all honesty, my name is on the cover of this book just because I am the first one that got to read a copy. And that's not original to me. I think uh, John Bevere says that, but it's very, very true. I only was the first person to read this book. And my hope is that it can bring to you some of the healing that happened for me. The amazing thing about God's word, it's not just like regular research. When you're researching, you know, science or researching literature, it is what it is. You you read the literature, you read the perspectives, and you report on it. With biblical content, God's Word says that it is living and active. And even though some of these biblical narrative stories are things that I have read and studied throughout my life, they were delivered to me in a fresh way, in a way that God really used to transform and heal some really broken spaces in my own life. And so what my hope is for you is that you will read these stories with a fresh perspective. Some of the women that are in this book are studied and overstudied and written about and overwritten about to the point where you might look at this and say, I don't need to study that. I already did. Or I did a Bible study on that at my church. My encouragement to you would be to throw out that way of thinking and to put on a fresh mind and a fresh perspective. Because even though you may have read these stories or studied these women, you didn't do it this way. And you didn't do it with these words. And you didn't do it with my perspective or the perspective that God used to reveal through my words. And so my encouragement would be just to come at this as if it was the first time you were studying these women and really examine what it says and listen to what God is saying through all of that. One of the things I am so passionate about that I love is the historical and cultural aspects of scripture. And I guess you could say a theologian for a long time. I do study the word of God. And I think in terms of theology 
if you were somebody that thinks about God, you're a theologian. And one of my professors in seminary just says, you know, we're all theologians to some degree. It just depends on if you're a good one or a bad one, because we're all thinking about God. I mean, that's kind of how we were created, even non-believers, certain points of their lives, whether they realize it or not, they are thinking about God. So studying and learning God's word is something that I've had a long, long love affair with. It wasn't always like that. When I was a younger believer, I would participate in church. And if there was a women's Bible study or something, I would go through the book. I would respond to the scriptures that were in the book and, and that kind of thing. But really, as far as reading it on my own, I start a Bible plan and then not finish it halfway through or something like that. It wasn't really till I was in my mid-20s that I started to take God's Word seriously. And some of that, of course, coincided with when I started doing cross-cultural missions to third world countries. And I saw the lack of God's Word in other countries and how they might have one Bible in their village and they all take a page and they share the page and then they trade the page, or there just simply isn't Bibles in their languages. And so I, of course, that was happening and I started having a new perspective on the 25 Bibles that were in my house. But then also I had the opportunity to meet a missionary who had moved back from Africa and he was in his late 80s and hard time walking. He had a hard time. He, he was just so ready to go to heaven, but he had a hard time communicating. If you tried to have conversations with him, sometimes you might be able to get through. Sometimes you couldn't. It was really just a sunset season for him as he was in retirement age and just kind of getting ready to, to meet Jesus. We had the opportunity, my husband and I did, to have dinner with him with some other pastors. The thing that he said to me when we gathered to pray at the end, he said, he looked at me in the eye and he said, it's about the word. Pray for a love for the word. He said, that is what will sustain you. And here's a man who had spent 70 years on the mission field in Africa and had countless people that had come to faith in Jesus because of him. That was what he was holding on to. Even in moments where he could not completely verbalize his other thoughts, that was what he was holding on to. And that's what he was communicating. And that struck me so powerfully. And so I started praying, God, give me a love for the word like this man. I, I want to be in love with you. I want to be in love with your word. Help me to understand your word. What I started to do was not just read the word, but then really get attached to the original text of the Hebrew and the Greek. And I knew enough to study a little bit, but I knew enough to know that there's so much I don't know. And so I had a degree in ministerial leadership. I had been to Bible college for undergrad and ministered in youth ministry. And then I had been doing children's ministry. And, you know, I had a good foundation, but I really sought out to go back to school and really focus on exposition of scripture. And an exposition, if you don't know, it just means really diving into and studying all the different aspects of the history, the culture, the genre, all those kinds of things of scripture. And so what that does is it adds a layer of understanding, for me anyway, in a really fresh way that just makes these scriptures so rich and so relevant and so meaningful and powerful that my goal, I think, with not just She Hears, but for future writings, and we have another Bible study coming out on the website about the desires of the heart. And even in my blog posts or podcasts or whatever, my goal is always to take some complex theological concepts and break them down so that you can understand them just as a, a person who wants to study the word. 
And I'm kind of trying to become the resource that I wish I had had when I was in that place. Now I know where to go and how to find good resources and all those kinds of things. But when I was in my 20s, I didn't want to do all that. I mean, I might have wanted to know the things. I wasn't in a place where I was going to go seek them out. And, you know, that kind of happened over the last 20 years as I've matured in my faith and in my relationship with the Lord. But I really want to take some of the history and the culture and show you how it's relevant, show you how it changes our perspective, show you how it can change the aspects of how we maybe understand the scriptures. The goal of all of this is to get you to a place where you don't need she hears, where you can hear from God on your own. I don't know if you've ever heard of this or not, but this was life-changing for me. We are using the color method of study. And I had been shown this a long time ago. There really is no right or wrong way to do it in the sense that I use, I think it's six colors to go through the color method of Bible study when it comes to studying the scriptures. There are some people that do 12. There's some people that do three. You need to figure out what works for you and what helps you hear from God. But what I have done is I have assigned a certain color to different aspects of the scriptures. So one day we might be looking for all of the names in scripture and highlighting all the names in green. And another day we might be looking for the ways that the Holy Spirit or only God can move or do something. And we might be highlighting that in blue or my own personal things that God is pressing on my own heart that those are going to be highlighted in yellow. You can choose whatever colors you want to do. You can choose whatever, however many you want to do them. The point that I'm trying to make here is that we are reading scripture with the intention of breaking it down so we can understand it. Like anything else, scripture is literature. There's lots of different kinds of literature, but it is literature. And so it's helpful helpful to understand when you're reading literature, it's helpful to understand what a noun is or what a verb is. If I'm going through the scriptures and I'm trying to identify all the verbs of the story, I can start to make the connections where God is saying, go, stay, wait pray, or whatever it is, that helps me to really understand what does this have to do with me? How does this affect me? Is there something here that I can obey? So there's just different aspects like that that we're going to go through as we go through the color method. And the goal at the end of all of this is putting all of that together. So in the beginning chapters, the first five chapters, what you will see is we will be practicing one of those skills a day. So one day we're looking for names. One day we're looking for timing. One day we might be looking for numbers. One day we're looking for verbs, actions. But at the last chapter, what we will do is we will walk through a passage of scripture and look for all of those things in one day. The reason for that is because when this Bible study is done, what I want to do is make sure that you have a skill set that you can apply to other passages of scripture so that you can digest them in bite-sized chunks in a way that becomes relevant and understandable for your life so you can see what can I obey or what encouragement can I take away from this? I had a friend of mine, a close friend of mine last week say to me, you know, I look at a Bible and I get overwhelmed by all the words and I have the study Bible. So at the top, it has the scripture and on the bottom, it has the notes. But even just seeing all those notes and going back and forth, it overwhelms me and I don't know how to handle it. We're going to address that. And I think honestly, taking smaller chunks of scripture and spending a little bit of time on them to the point where you understand them and can use that information to affect your daily life, that to me is sometimes more valuable than you reading five chapters in a day and not understanding anything you read. Please don't 
mistake what I'm saying. It's not that just by reading God's word, God can't do something. He absolutely can. And he often does. And I've seen that happen. But when it comes to informing our behavior, informing our spiritual growth, informing our spiritual formation and how we grow and understand who God is in greater clarity and and what that means for our life. How do we become more like him? I think we really need to understand it. We need to understand the foundational concepts that Jesus reveals in his word. So that's the goal. That's the goal of what we're doing. That is what burst she hears. That's why I wrote the book. That's what my burden is for you. That's what I've been praying over you. Whether you get the book or not, I still want to walk through some of these concepts with you because I think it's very valuable in helping us understand who God is. So I'm going to go ahead and pray as always. Just thank you so much for being here and being a part of the She Hears community. Father God, thank you so much for my friends that are listening to the podcast today. God, I thank you for your word, how precious it is. I thank you that you desire to speak to us, that you desire to impart to us the wisdom of the scriptures. I thank you that we are capable of understanding these. Despite the obstacles we may have had in the past, despite the inability to understand or the feeling of being overwhelmed, that your desire is for us to understand your word. Lord, I count it a privilege to step into that space. And I pray for my friend here that is listening even today, that you would start to quicken their heart for you to crave more of you and your word and how you are revealed in your word. God, I thank you so much that we have access to your word and that we do not have to share one page at a time within our community, but that we, most of us probably have several Bibles sitting on our shelves. So Lord, I just pray even right now that you would start to prepare the hearts of your people to receive your word in a way that changes them, God, in a way that changes their heart and their mind and their behavior and their relationships to glorify you. God, we thank you. And we know that none of this is possible without you. So we thank you that you even care We thank you that we can come to you and even ask these things of you. And we thank you that you love us enough to answer us, God. We thank you for, and Lord, I just pray even right now that when it comes time to have some hard conversations that are prompted through this study, that you would even now start to prepare our hearts to be able to have those. God, I thank you and I praise you for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you in your walk with God, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, bonus content, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you. Know that you are so loved. Keep going. Keep going.